welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions. As usual, I am the Bear of Texas, and let's welcome back Mr. David LaFon. David, what's doing, brother? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Chaos Nation? Good to be with you again. Just uh, living that life and uh, ready to talk about the always entertaining world of wrestling, which honestly lately is starting to seem like it's more entertaining outside the ring than it is inside. And I don't know how much of a good thing that is, but uh, we're here to look at it from all those angles and uh, give you our unique takes on it. Yeah, basically, I feel like I'm a dude going to the ring with, with a trash can full of weapons. I'm ready to go hardcore. So so that brings me to the first talking point that we got to cover today. Apparently, Sammy Guevara has embroiled in a Twitter feud with Andrade. And this seems to have started about two days ago after Andrade was on a show. And he mentioned that Sammy Guevara allegedly approached him in the locker room after a match and complained that Andrade was being too stiff in the ring. Hmm. That is correct. The uh, quote, um, according here to Fightful.com, um, is basically, um, you know, um, Andre saying that he had an issue with Sammy. Sammy came into the locker room, complained that he hit him too hard, and Andre's basically like, hey, man, it's wrestling. Um, if you can't handle it, then get out of the business, you know? Um you know, it's it's funny because, you know, Sammy, or excuse me, uh, Andrade in this uh, this quote, you know, drops a, a lot of WWE names, talks about Sheamus and Miz and Cena. Like, none of them, you know, have complained about how hard he hits and the fact that Sammy's doing it. I think Andrade just saw it as a huge sign of disrespect because um, it doesn't sound like that uh, Sammy even said this to Andrade. He just kind of said it in the locking ro- locker room behind his back. That might be the case, and you know, you know, speaking of a quote, I mean, Andrade, you know, was said to Sammy, "If I hit you hard, then you hit me hard too." It's wrestling, so I mean, I get it; it's choreographed, we like that. But of course, a lot of wrestlers are trained in a certain style, and some and some wrestlers are a bit stiff, but not too stiff. But then again, it's pro wrestling; it may be scripted, whatnot, but it is a very dangerous sport. Yeah, I mean, as uh, the uh, the old quote is, it ain't ballet. Um, ballet and no. I mean, it, it is, you know, you have a, you know, kind of a an unwritten code that if, you know, as long as they're not just potatoing you on every shot, you know, if they're working a little stiff, you work a little stiff back. And, you know, if you do have an issue with it, you know, you actually say it to them. You don't, I don't think it's something that you necessarily want to go behind their back and do. And I mean, this, it's just, you know, we'll go over the Sammy, we can go over the Sammy tweets as well, but it definitely seems like it's, it's always Sammy involved in this. So, I mean, if this is another angle, then bravo to them for just booking something that's kind of blurring that line that has everyone talking. But if this is legitimately a shoot, then 
Sammy needs to grow the fuck up, man, because this is a, a constant thing with him not getting along with people, and then he attacks him on Twitter. I mean, first Eddie Kingston, and now Andrade. I mean, I mean, I've got the tweets right here, then... But I don't even know, like, okay, I don't know if, if it's the proper order, but then Sammy, I think, responds by saying, and I quote, you are a jobber, a favor hire, be grateful, bitch. Yes, I believe that was the... Andrade released his statement. That was Sammy's comment. And then I believe the next one was oh, Andrade saying, well, at least I would say I said it to your face if you had a problem with me and you said nothing. You know, he said, I won't beat your ass because I'm a professional. Don't be scared. When I something, I name names and I'm not scared to get fired. Hashtag Sammy. Yeah. Um, and then I believe Guevara again responded after that. Like you said, kind of basically uh, saying he only has the job because of uh, being married right. to Charlotte. Yeah. I actually of- saw a, a great response to that where someone goes, no, it has nothing to do with him being married to Charlotte. It's the fact that he's an ex-WWE guy. That's why he got signed. I mean, not only that, but, you know, before WWE, very popular in Japan and Mexico, all over the world. Andrade has been around for a long time. I have to remind people he's been, he was huge before he got to WWE. Yes, when he was in uh, Mexico as uh, Cien Almas, he was huge. Um, yeah, was in Japan. And, Japan. Oh. And like I, I don't like the part where where Sammy's talking about you know you failed you know he failed to get over like because I mean the dude was usually over in WWE, um, especially when he had the Selena Vega as his mouthpiece. I, I think his promo skills are a little grating. Um, he's definitely a guy who needs someone to I think to, to help him talk, but. To say that he failed to get over, I think it's a disservice because they just put him in a lot of really shitty angles with like the Hardy family office and all that kind of stuff instead of just letting him go out there and wrestle people. I just think it's just unfortunate that Andrade's booking by promoters is just not what you and I would expect, especially to someone who is as brilliant of a wrestler as Andrade. I mean, to me, no matter what, Andrade is one of the greatest talents I've ever seen. I mean, I've watched tape from him in Mexico pre-WWE. That's usually what I did. Like when these huge guy, huge talents would go to NXT, I would, I would do, I would basically do what journalists do, like learn about them, like you know, look at the tape, study them, and then like that to take to take the interest to the next level, and to know like, oh man, this is cool. This dude could definitely fit right in. I mean, there's no oh. question that he 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 can go in the ring. Um, I think it goes back to something we've talked about before, though. It's just you know, you have all these ex WWE guys coming in. You know, the Malachi Black and Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, um, you know, even uh, Brian Danielson to a certain extent. It's they're there. And then, you know, they have this these big debuts. And then after that, it's like Tony doesn't know what to do with them. And they either get lost in the shovel or put in really horrible angles or factions or. I mean, I kind of like how they are kind of doing the callback to the, um, you know, the ignobles. Um, you know, faction that he had in Mexico with um, Naito. Um, so I, I like that they're kind of, you know, working that in a little bit. But I still just feel like, you know, him, Sammy saying, you know, Andrade failed to get over. I don't that's all on Andrade. I think he held the blame as booked as well. But it just goes back to, again, I mean, we've we've seen this time and time again with Sammy. Um, I mean, the dude's sick in the ring. He's absolutely insane. Um, but it's just... He's always in these situations, and 
it just sometimes just feels like, dude, you need to grow up a little bit. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, and going going to the uh, next week after that, you know, Andrade. I mean, based on that tweet, Andrade just simply responds, "Okay, I'm a liar," and then puts a, a, a laughing emoji. I'll tell you to your face again. It just it just kind of seems as though Andrade knows that Sammy's trying to get into his head, and, he, and he's just not letting him. But 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 now that we, we, we like that, you know, speaking of Andrade, it's been rumored for a, for a bit now that he would be departing AEW. You know, and you mentioned how Andrade's speaking skills. You know, and speaking of Ric Flair, I actually read that Ric Flair actually wanted to be Andrade's manager at AEW, but apparently Tony Khan felt that 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 it was. Uh, Tony Khan, obviously, from what I he, from what I read, Tony Khan didn't want it. What I remember about that is the plan was to bring him in, and then they um, Vice TV uh, shout out to Vice and uh, Dark Side of the Ring. They aired the Plane Ride from Hell episode, and after you know everything came out about that and Rick's behavior on there, um, Tony wanted to just kind of distance himself from that. Which I will, that is one thing I will kind of give Tony props about. He is very quick to, um, you know, like the the Brian Kendrick thing. And when the stuff came out about what Sammy said about Sasha Banks a couple of years ago, he does mm-hmm. seem very quick to kind of, um, you know, shut those shut those things down and and not let those, those type of people, uh, you know, with those kind of pat issues actually come into that locker room. But, I mean, that being said, you look at the locker room and it's it's got to be a freaking mess back there. I mean, um, it doesn't seem like you have anyone like a JR was in WWE talent relations just to kind of like tell everyone to chill the fuck out, sit the fuck down and act like they're doing it. Just between this, you know, if it is a if it is a shoot, you know, Eddie and Andrade and then or excuse me, Sammy and Andrade and then Sammy and Eddie Kingston and the thing with the puck, uh, punk and the elite and just all this stuff. It just seems like the, the locker room's in a, in a bit of disarray and. You know, that's not good for any type of business to have your, you know, employees, for for lack of a better term, because as we all know, wrestling is a business, kind of all doing their own thing and not being on the same page. Well, David, I, I can honestly state that these are basically the consequences of letting the inmates run the asylum. I couldn't have said it better, better myself. I've actually had that exact same um, thought that, that this is kind of what you're going to get in that situation. Um, I mean, wrestlers are humans just like all of us. And when you are in that position, um, you know, and you're left unchecked, I think these things are going to happen. They, you know, I don't mean this in a negative way, but they do have egos. I think you have to be in that profession. Um, if you're not a, if you're a pro wrestler and you don't think that you're, you know, the best, then you're probably in the wrong line of business. I think that's an attitude a lot of them have, and that can really cause those lines to to kind of bleed over, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So to finish up the whole thing with Andrade, I mean, I'm actually reading right here, according to Wrestling Inc., um, Ric Flair actually did manage Andrade in a match uh, ba- back in August at a uh, World Wrestling Council show in, of course, in Puerto Rico when Andrade faced uh, Carlito. We all remember Carlito, you know, apples, not being cool. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, and Carlito had his dad in his corner. And this was after the uh, Ric Flair's uh, last match event, actually, which I'll tell you that that Ric Flair's last match, the match itself wasn't wasn't the best, but man, that build up was that build up was insane. Yeah, uh, that was such a uh, a good story. Yeah, totally. 
So last thing about Andrade is that he, I think tonight he's actually he's actually competing in a match with Dark Order's uh, Preston Ten Vance in a Mask versus Career match. And of course, you know if Andrade if Andrade loses, he has to leave AEW, and of course, if if he wins, then Vance has to unmask. So I think we're gonna have the answer tonight. If Andrade loses, then we'll have it confirmed. So because in these kinds of things, they're not really gonna reveal the secrets. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna lose and depart. I mean, unless you go so, so, so deep in the dirt sheets, you might be able to find that. But but like I said, I mean, these rumors, I mean, you and I, obviously, with what happened with uh, Malachi Black, obviously, like, we got to be extra careful. But then again, you and I were, in fact, misled. But as far as Andrade leaving goes, the rumors are one thing. I mean, I, I get it. They, they've intensified. But really, at the end of the day, all I can say is I'll believe it when it happens. And when it happens, I'll do, I'll, I'll come on the show and and I'll talk about it, hopefully with you. Agreed. And uh, I'm actually very much looking forward to that match tonight. Uh, Ten, Preston Vance, man. That dude, he's got the size. He's got the build. He's pretty decent. He's, I think he's good in the ring. So it's going to be exciting. I would love to see him kind of, you know, I would love to see Andrade go over. Let's see Preston unmask and really trying to let his personality develop outside the dark order. And, you know, maybe we can get another sticker out of him. Absolutely. So now that we're through with uh, Mr. Guevara and Andrade and like this, now we get to Sean Spears because, well, Sean Spears kind of went a little bit critic on Twitter. I mean, I think he, he tweeted a, a, a gif uh, of saying goodbye, then he deleted, then he did another one. So that's a little cryptic tweet for Sean Spears. I mean, a lot of wrestlers do that in these situations, but, you know, I'm looking – at these sources, I mean, that he supposedly said goodbye or if, if he's teasing his departure, but, but I'll be I got to be honest. I mean, Sean Spears, I had, I had so many high hopes when I learned that he was one of the original signings of AEW. I mean, I was really like, please, please, please. Let's really see how great he is. Let's see him be used properly. And, and I, I, I got to say, I, I was, dis I'm disappointed with how he's, he had been used. Absolutely. Sean Spears. I mean, when he was in NXT as Ty Dillinger, the 10 gimmick was just insanely over. I mean, I, I still remember the pop he got when uh, the Royal Rumble, I think it was the 2019 or 2018 Rumble, and he actually came out at number 10. Um, and, I mean, the the place lost their freaking mind, fucking minds. I mean, it was just, it was insane. He, he was over. He was huge. He can go in the ring. You know, he comes in AEW. He's got this thing going with uh, Cody. And, you know, he does that interview where he turns around and Tully Blanchard's going to be his manager. And, like, he, you know, hits Cody with that wicked chair shot. And I don't know if they gimmicked the chair wrong or Cody took it wrong or Sean hit him wrong. But I think we all remember that that shot and Cody just being left in the ring as this bloody mess. And, you know, we're going to have this amazing feud between, you know, Cody and Sean Spears and then they have one match, Cody buries Spears in it, and, you know, it's, it was, I believe it was an all-out uh, 2019, you know, and Cody goes over him in the match, and then Sean Spears is just a lackey to MJF. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I hate to be that drum, but it's a lot of times the guys coming in from WWE, Tony has no idea what to do um it's it's a damn shame man it it, it really is 
when he was known, like, you know, had the gimmick with the chair, you know, the, the chairman of AEW, I mean, I'm telling you, he was more built. I mean, we really saw a tougher, edgier character that he was portraying. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of as this, though Ty Dillinger was basically killed off. I'm more of a, I'm tougher, I'm meaner like that. And that, that I mean, the, the, the haircut and everything, I mean, I'm telling you, like. <sighs> I mean, he, he looked great. He came out, he had this hype, he had this look. You know, and they had a, um, a great angle with it, too, with, you know, Cody being like, hey, you know, he's a good hand. And that's, you know, obviously not something, uh, you know, a wrestler wants to be known as. And so it really set it up for them to have this this feud. And, you know, Tony, Tony you know, Cody beats him in 16 minutes. Um, and, and then that was it. That was it. There was no continuation of it. I mean, why couldn't we have Sean go over that match? Um, you know, you had just introduced Tully Blanchard as his manager, have Tully, you know, do some heelish shit, let Sean go over Cody and then carry it out. But no, Cody beats him 16 minutes and that's that's the feud. That's all we get from, from Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears, which it's a huge drop of the ball. That feud could have been great. Um, honestly, my wish is that feud would have eventually developed into like a new version of the Horseman with Spears, Cody, MJF and Wardlow. That was my 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 hope. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. You know, he ended up joining the Pinnacle Group with MJF and FTR and all them, but he just got lost in the shuffle. And it's again just another case of an ex WWE guy that they don't know what to do with anything. I mean, um, right now, boggling my mind because, like you mentioned, it was I believe it was at Fighter Fest when he uh, when he hit uh, Cody with the steel chair, and then like that, and then I think it was the next night that he. Uh, Proclaimed himself as the chairman of AEW, but you know, and I'll and I'll never forget that match he had with Chris Jericho as one of the uh, you know to face up in that match. You know when uh, he was in a match with Jericho, I was actually there when like he was allowed to use a chair, but Jericho wasn't. So I remember that I was there as well. Uh, that yeah. was the uh, winners coming in Garland. Yeah, it it was so. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean. Uh, the whole thing with the with the pinnacle. I mean, they put him again. Got lost in the shuffle, and I guess because you know the fans, you know fans, you know love Sean Spears, so I guess that's why they had to put him someone involved in the pinnacle. But but he had a good thing going when he, you know, they did that when Wardlow was in the middle of his face turn, and you know uh, Wardlow would power bomb, you know, the guys to win the match, and then Spears would run in, hit him with a chair a couple times, you know, quote unquote, try to steal his heat from him. I always thought that was good. Um, but again, like we said, it's just I think it's a case where there's too many guys on the roster. Um, I know you had mentioned him and uh, Cassie McIntosh, Peyton Royce, Cassie Lee are expecting a child, so maybe he's going to take a tough some time off. But I, I, you know, with everything going on, I would love to see him pop up in the revamped NXT or WWE if he is, you know, truly done with AEW. I would love love to see him pop up uh, with that perfect ten gimmick again. And, you know, maybe more of an edge to him like we've seen in AEW. And, I mean, could you honestly imagine if that were to happen, Cody, since Cody's in WWE now, you know, they get Cody back, get him healthy, and then, you know, he's Cody staying in the ring, Sean Spears come out of nowhere, they reenact the chair shot, you know, and just starts that feud over and actually book it correctly. I, I think it could, I think it could do, be really cool, and I think it'd put a lot of eyes on it and kind of a good uh, circle back to that feud. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm looking at a source, and then um, 
Remember how we mentioned that tweet that Sammy Puss says you're a job or a paper for hire? Some, some people believe that it was directed towards Spears, but I really believe it was directed towards uh, to, towards Andrade. But It, it mean, has to be Andrade. I mean, unless Sammy is just dead set on starting shit with every single person on the roster. Because it just so happens that when Sean Spears released that cryptic tweet, I, I think it was just the timing. I, I think that's why I think that's why he got confused. But, but like we've said, you know, when Tony Khan said that he won't be, he's not granting releases, like, so yeah, that's got, that's got to tell me that Sean Spears' contract either has already expired or it's about to expire. And obviously they cannot, they cannot come to agreement to renew it. So, but like you mentioned, because his wife is pregnant, I would not be surprised if he declined to renew it so he can spend time with her because, you know, they're about to start a family. I could definitely see that. Um. You know, we'll just we'll just kind of see, have to see what the future holds. But I do hope we see him uh, pop up again sooner rather than later. As I do, I, I like, I think he's definitely got some uh, some talent in there, and I I like watching him wrestle. Because so. last time, last time, I, last time he competed in a match, I believe was was against Wardlow, as you mentioned, which, which was back in May. But yes, that was his last match. It was May twenty uh, fifth of Diamond. Uh, diamond dynamite in that steel cage match uh with mjf as the uh the referee yeah but i gotta be honest you know uh my favorite memory of spears it was, this is kind of sad but I'll, I'll never forget when he had that appearance when dx uh, was back in 2006 you, you remember uh remember when uh sean michaels kicked stan St- <laughs> you know who stan actually oh started- yes <laughs> that when uh yeah the dx thing and they were just um uh, going around, super, yeah, all right, that was one of the, that was such a good super kick. Yeah, he, he appeared backstage, as a backstage employee named Stan, and then he got super kicked by HBK. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. I, I, <laughs> it wasn't. get more out of it. Maybe those, those matches yeah. had with, uh, with Bobby Roode and NXT, those are some bangers. Oh, Yeah. So anyway, it remains to be seen. So if uh, Spears' the departure is when, when it's official, I'm sure we'll have a reason. But but right now, I'm gonna stick to my guns. I really just believe that his contract's expiring, and of course, he's about to become a dad. So that's it. So our final thing now is is Ruby Soho. Apparently, recently underwent surgery for a broken nose, and apparently, the broken nose was actually suffered last month. When she was, she competed in a match with. She teamed up with Ortiz to challenge Guevara and Tay Conti for the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Titles. Uh, Tay Conti strikes again. Um, again, man, I we keep bringing this up, and I, I feel like I'm literally beating a dead horse. Um, you know, first of all, um, Heidi Lovelace, Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho, whatever you call her, one of my favorite. Female wrestlers absolutely love her. And then, you know, um, she pops up, Casino Battle Royal and all out in Chicago in September. Huge pop. I mean, the crowd's going nuts. She comes out. She's freaking emotional. You can tell she's so happy to be there. She wins the Casino Battle Royal. Two weeks later, she, you know, loses to Britt Baker in a title match. And now she's just another person. She loses to Jade Cargill in the TBS Championship Tournament. She lost in the finals of the Owen Hart Tournament to Brett Baker. She starts doing matches on Dark and Elevation. 
She gets an opening match on the pay-per-view, which does anyone really have any huge, you know, passion for the Triple A World Mixed Tag Team Championships? They almost kill her with that kick to the head when Sammy just lets her drop. And, you know, I've seen arguments it's Ruby didn't rotate right to take the bump right. Sammy just kind of dropped her like a sack of potatoes. Half of one, you know, six of the other. And then in a match, Tay Conti picks her up and it's a GTS and breaks her nose. Um, I mean, you know, the, the runaway Ruby Soho, Soho, run the fuck away from AEW at this point. Jesus Christ. I mean, um, some, unfortunately, Matt, I mean, there's miscommunications, there's botches, there's mistakes in matches, but... But right now, the I mean, again, you know, based on how you, you know, your rant right there, I mean, it might not seem like a rant, but, you know, since I know that you've been a big Ruby Soho fan for oh, a long a time. It's, I mean, a, it's a rant. It's a mild rant. It's it's a mild. A, I think in your case, it's a rant, but it's an emotional one. It's, it's not like the rants I do on my Cowboys show when I'm tearing the team apart, obviously, even though some would say that's emotional. But, but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, Ruby Soho comes in, I mean, loses those two finals matches. I mean, I was actually pretty angry about that, to be honest. I mean, but then again, of course, as a wrestling fan, we're not always going to get what we want. But still, I mean, you bring her in, all the hype, the pop, the momentum. But this is what you do? I mean, seriously. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't the first time that, you know, uh, Ty Conti has injured people, you know. Um, what was it, the match that she had with, um, uh, was it Maddie uh, Rensky on Elevation when she's in the turnbuckles and she, like, knees her in the back while she's stuck in between there and almost looked like she bent her in half, you know, and it's, it just seems like in a lot of these situations that they, they're, they're doing moves that they don't have the training to do. And I know I'm going to talk. I'm just some fat, you know, wrestling fan from the side. I've never been in the ring or anything like that. But it just, you know, it 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 sucked for me watching that happen to, to Ruby, man. I mean, they drop her on her head and then she breaks her nose and she's out again. And again, it's just a dropped ball. I mean, this chick was over. Why not that first night against Baker, man? Put the title on her. Get some new blood out there. See what happens. And now she's just. She's, you know, I would say she's there, but she's not because she's not recovering from a broken freaking nose. Right. I mean, so as far as the recovery process goes, I mean, should be. I saw the tweet, you know, man. I'm, I'm sure she'll be okay, but man, she got the. I mean, you. I mean, you've. I know you've seen the pictures online, like. Man, that was to, to have to have like a full on surgery like that for a broken nose is a little extreme. Uh, it is. Of course, everybody's going to remind us, you know, it's pro wrestling. It happens, right? It does. But I mean, I think also there is, you know, at the same time, though, you got to take care of your, your, your dance partner. Yeah, I think you're right. It was against it was against Matty Rinkowski, but there was also another match with Abaddon, too. But. But yeah, I do remember. I actually know Matty Rinkowski, believe it or not. I mean, not personally, but I've I've been to an indie. I've been to a few indie shows where where she's worked, and she is one hell of a tremendous worker and a tremendous heel too. But yeah, I mean, there's always these wrestlers that kind of have a habit of some of having a little bit of a reputation. But but you know, at the end of the day, look, I'm not gonna take anything away from Conti. It, it's just that I I just think that 
obviously sometimes in wrestling things happen, but I mean, again, but sometimes we as wrestling fans, we worry for everybody, to be honest. We do. And it just, I mean, let's be honest, whenever it's one of our favorites, which, you know, Ruby, Ruby Soho is a favorite of mine, whenever that happens, um, you know, we, we kind of take that a little personal, I think, and, you know, pisses us off a, uh, maybe a, a little more than it should, but I mean, overall, it's like, you know, she, Ruby came into AEW with so much just pop and circumstance and man, that debut was huge. And then, you know, a year later, you know, because it's she debuted what a year ago. Yeah, it was in uh, 2021. A year later, and she's barely involved in the main event scene of the women's division, which is a crime. And then having to be out nursing a broken nose right now, it just it it pisses me off, man. Because um, man, can you imagine the matches we, the promos, everything we could get between Ruby and Tony Storm right now? Jesus Christ. That would be insane, dude. Punk rock versus heavy metal. Let's go. I mean, this is assuming a prediction that Tony Storm turns heel when the when Thunder Rosa returns and then they finish that storyline. Then I would love to see it. I mean, but so that's it. Storm is heel. Now, now you see Ruby Wright as the face and Tony Storm being the heel. Now that honestly, I would love to see it. Oh, absolutely. That would be. That would be yeah. I would I would totally be down with that. I could definitely get. I mean, honestly, I I could get down with either a Ruby Tony feud, a Ruby Thunder feud, a Tony Thunder feud, Tony Thunder Ruby feud. Um, and hell, I mean, I'll even say it. Throw Britt Baker in there. She can't help the you know, the the booking and stuff. She's a, a phenomenal wrestler as well. Then you got Jamie Hader coming up. You got Jade Cargill. You got Athena Ember Moon. Like it's you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but. The women's division as a whole, you got some really, really talented pieces, but it's like they have no one who knows how to book it. It's a shame. And, and it's there's shame. so much talent being wasted, man. Hopefully with Soraya in there, the, you know, FKA, formerly known as Paige, uh, maybe she can bring to that. And then I know they added Madison Rain and people like that. But at the same time, it's just like the Tony's got to get some help, man. Like, I understand he wants to be the booker and do everything, but you you can't do this shit all on your own. I mean, there's no shame in admitting that you can't do it on your own. It's a team effort. <laughs> and we're, if you look on Twitter and social media, you're actually seeing, you know, people who are extremely pro-AEW, you know, between the backstage stuff and, you know, booking of some of the people's favorite wrestlers. It's, you know, even the most diamonds are kind of shaking their heads like, what the fuck is going on? This doesn't make any sense. I, I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, like some people are pro-AEW, pro-WWE. Me, I just love pro wrestling. If, if I had the exactly. time, had was able to watch every single show every week, whether it be Ring of Honor, AEW, Raw, even though I'm still not fully sold on Raw, but I'm getting there. And, you know, even with New Japan, World Ringer Stardom, AAA, Mexico, I mean – if I could watch all the wrestling I can with all the promotions, I mean, I would. But, you know, it's obviously pretty tough, obviously, like that. But We are pro-pro wrestling. And I will say the only thing that's really killing me about Raw is, good God, that three-hour runtime. Nope, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope, Please do not be three hours. There's no fucking need. <laughs> There's no but, need yeah, for it. I mean, I mean, you look at the talent that we have, and wrestling right now could be the biggest it's 
Well, I think social media may have killed wrestling, but that's a whole other. That definitely killed kayfabe. That's a, that's a whole other conversation. But I think just the talent that's out there between AEW, WWE, we should be in like the golden age of wrestling, and I'm 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 hopeful we'll get there. It, oh yeah, it is great right now. But again, I mean, Tony, if somehow you're listening to this, I'm gonna at you in the the podcast link when it goes up on Twitter. I am I am just begging you, man. Get someone to help you with the booking and do a better job with the women, dude. You got such a great roster. Yeah, and, and Mr. Khan, this is out of respect because I told you know I've got a lot of respect for you. Now, let me say right there, and, and Tony Khan, if AEW needs a French speaking commentary guy, I can do it. I can even do it. I, I can do commentary for the in English even if you need me to. But if you need a French speaking commentator, I'm your guy. All right. <laughs> but yeah, and this is, yeah, uh, out of respect. So if you're, for me, being pro pro wrestling, just like you, like, if, if imagine if one day if all the promotions once again all work together WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, AAA, you know, if they were all working together, it's like, like the days of the NWA. I'm telling you, you and I would, we'd be overjoyed. Oh, absolutely. They could all just, do their own thing. I mean, just come together and it would be great, man. Like I said it'd be the uh, the golden age of wrestling once again. Absolutely. Well, I think we've covered all the bases today. David, anything else you want to say? Um, no, just, uh, you know, make sure you are following us at the Ring of Chaos. Um, you can follow me at uh, it's underscore all underscore taken. Uh, Bear Man of Texas podcast for all your other sports needs from our wonderful host Alex and just uh man I'm excited about watching some uh some dynamite tonight hopefully get some good matches and figure out uh what's going on with uh Andrade maybe we'll get a re- get uh figure out something out with uh him and Preston Vance and see if he's actually leaving and we'll have any more um information from um from Sammy or any more hits from him Absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Bearman of Texas. It's just TX. You don't have to spell it out. You can follow my podcast. It's a Bear of Texas underscore podcast. If you want, uh, like that. If, again, if you want to be on the show, if, if you got any suggestions, like I said, I'm open. I'm open to them. So be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you love professional wrestling, then Ringside Chaos is the show for you. David, thank you so much for coming on, and I cannot wait to have you on again soon, brother. Sounds good, man. We got to do that uh, January 4th, uh, 99 uh, Super Show talking about the finger poke and uh, Mankind's first title win. I would, oh, I'd love to do a deep dive. We need to do a watch along on that match, bro. Oh, absolutely. So, that, that's a holy mark. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for uh, having me again, and uh, we love you, Chaos Nation. All right. Thank you all very much. And for the record, Mick Foley put my butt in a seat.